I thought it sounded <laughs> like this type of cereal that Diane Feinstein eats. It's like, I eat my sunrise every morning. And it gives me good movement. It's I got love you, sunrise movement. <laughs> I love you, sunrise movement. Welcome once again to the Bituation Room. This is episode 22. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini, back at it. And you? Where are you? Are you writing a review? Have you? Have you just leached off of the system for episodes without actually giving us five stars? And by us, I mean me? Maybe. I think it's time that you leave that review right now. Give me five stars. Just palm the keyboard. Just, you know, A-S-D-F-G-H-J-K-L semicolon. You know, we are once again in the Bituation Room. I'm so excited because we got two amazing guests. Uh, with me is comedian, actor, and writer, and recently a staff writer for Busy Tonight on E, Jenny Yang. Hello. Jenny, welcome. We're in the Bituation Room. Oh, do you feel it? Do you feel, feel the it. stank? I feel it. <laughs> High sass, uh huh. The side eye, yeah, all of it. We've got uh, targeted character assassinations to get yes. out. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh-huh. Yeah, some hexes maybe. Yeah, maybe some hexes. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I don't know what like the equivalent of my like Obama capturing Osama bin Laden, capture killing Osama bin Laden like photo is. Right. It's probably just me holding my cat and like <laughs> just I don't know like watching Sean Hannity <laughs> with sh- with like just a shitty glare like that's probably mission, with a mission accomplished sign <laughs> once he's finally off the air or just changes his hairstyle <laughs> something one win um also in the situation room is Jess Morales Roqueto if I said that right she's the political director for National Domestic Workers Alliance and executive director of Care in Action and the chair of Families Belong Together, which is the campaign to end family separation, and We Belong Together, which is the National Domestic Workers Alliance's feminist campaign for immigration reform. Wow. I am tired just listening yes. to that. Yeah, it's. I have a very large cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> How many cups of coffee does it take? I to- only allow one because I'm a purist. <laughs> <laughs> So just 12 different responsibilities <laughs> and one cup of coffee. It's very, very strong. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Jess? I'm a little bit hungover and also very tired and happy because last night we had a huge night for domestic workers <gasps> with the movie Roma and we had a big party yes. in LA. It was awesome. It was. I was had the privilege of being there. It was so good. It was so good. I feel like, you know, it's like, at the end of a job well done where you're like I never want to do that again also that was awesome that's yeah. how I feel right now <laughs> I feel like you constantly have those moments <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much although a lot of times in organizing you know you're like fighting and fighting and fighting for like just forever and you don't often get to like celebrate really big and this was like a really big celebration so you know I don't usually do organizing things where I'm wearing like a ball gown mm. but it's like it's more fun you should <laughs> yeah yes. exactly that's, that's how you reach the people you just go door to door in a ball gown yep i think they would answer more probably for so sure I, we could try it especially you just have like a trunk with you like hey try this on let's talk about the labor movement <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen you know what with the decline in labor uh, rates labor union rates maybe that's the way to do it we Introduce need to try ball anything yeah. yeah no i was just gonna say get creative like, yeah that's what's yeah absolutely no and i think that was really important so much of 
And this, I think, the, uh, the domestic workers, National Domestic Workers Alliance, you guys have done so well, is build this bridge between spaces like Hollywood. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I think, you know, thanks to participant media and, you know, Alfonso Cuaron and others, but... But, like, a space where I think activists generally are like, nah, that's, you know, elitist bullshit. And, yes, so much of it is. But at the same time, and especially with, like, the Time's Up movement and the Me Too movement, it's like, what are these spaces we're going to actually push um, politically? And I think that's something leftists don't always do and people progressives don't always do. Yeah, I mean, we're really committed to building power. And I think if you are, you know, like, if you're thinking about building power, then you have to show up in powerful spaces. That's right. Like you just, you just, mm-hmm. and I think it, it really, it like really, the red fucking carpet. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that because we represent workers who literally are invisible in people's homes that most of the time, you know, you don't see them. People don't talk to them. Their work is work that you, you know, it's like, you were gone at work, you came back and your house was sparkling clean, like a person did mm-hmm. that work. Mm-hmm. I think that that actually makes it even more important to be in places like a red carpet because it's very difficult for people to think about the idea of the woman who cleans their home being a glamorous woman. On right. The red like carpet. if every single celeb had to bring their staff. Oh my God. Correct. At, which is a phrase that I think I heard. I mean, people say it all the time, but I don't think it's like something you say openly. But I feel like I saw Sean Penn on like Colbert and and The Late Show, and he was like, "Well, you know, I have staff," and he was like, "Oh, you've got staff? Like, <laughs> you have enough people to call them staff?" staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, totally. There should definitely be just staff only red carpets, and I feel like <laughs> yes. the event you guys had was sort of like that and uh, flipping the script on it. So I love it. Um, we'll get into um, more about the National Domestic Workers Alliance and what that means for the labor movement and your thoughts on 2020 and also Jenny's thoughts on 2020 and all of the things. <sighs> but first, we start off every episode of The Bituation Room the exact same way, which is asking our guests, what are you bitching about now? Not yesterday, but like now. Live in the moment. Negatively. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Jenny, what are you bitching about? Oh, my gosh. Well, yesterday was the Oscars, Mm -hmm. and um, I lightly covered it, tracked it. And I think what really disappointed me was Green Book. Ooh. Getting a Best Picture Oscar. Why? The lightweight race politics? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The complete... um, uh, uh, Ungaying of the character, mm. uh, um, somewhat. Because well, I, I don't know anything. So, I just so know that it's like a Hollywoodization of this story. Yeah. So basically, this is the thing. I didn't fucking see the movie. Oh, I'm just gonna tell go. you right now. I just know the summary. I know the critiques. Did you see I the shape of bullshit. water? I've read about the shape of water. So you didn't see it either. No. But you judged fish sex, didn't you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to judge fish sex whether or not I see it, <laughs> and I will judge. Um, reverse driving Miss Daisy yeah. in 2019 yes. when it also robbed Black Klansman Spike Lee again. <laughs> that's you know that that's the trivia point, right? That back when um, Do the Right Thing was up for uh, Best Picture, um, driving Miss Daisy won. Wow. Okay. Uh, Morgan Freeman driving a white lady. See, in this case, I would say that is a rob. Like for me, Do the Right Thing is amazing. Yes. And and I get the like, 
you could give it to Spike Lee kind of as an apology for before. Yes. But even though I haven't seen, I haven't seen Green Book, but like Black Klansman was great acting and a not a good story. Like right. Just, I, I saw Black mm, Klansman. Yeah. It's not Do the Right Thing. It, it could have been a consolation win for Do the Right Thing. Yes. But I think it's kind of still kind of messed up. <laughs> that have reverse, a... reverse driving Miss Daisy won. <laughs> I think that's fair. If they could right. if if uh, Black Klansman involved driving David Duke around and just like through yeah. um, current south side of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> or like just like let's drive him where should we drive him I don't know anyway the point is off that there cliff. was more driving yeah of course <laughs> ultimately <laughs> off a fucking cliff thank you um, that it maybe would have won I think it's really the car is the common denominator it is here. we need a car <laughs> America loves cars we do American made made in America made in America it's some like deep uh, you know deep Ford lobby yeah. going on I maybe, believe that. Maybe actually. a Buick. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, you know, I just, I get really, I get so sad because it reminds me of Crash. Remember when Crash won? It was, I, I feel like it was the exact same thing. Crash won over uh, Brokeback Mountain. That was ridiculous. Brokeback Mountain was devastating. It was devastating. It was okay. so. But here's I was so say. young and I was devastated. You know I what? probably didn't even know gay people. Crash I was, was devastating. Crash was kind of good. I'm so it's so oh unpopular. No, Francesca, I'm gonna I'm going to hurt you. I am. We are about to throw cuffs. I said kind of. No, take it but back. In a in a like it's so corny. Yeah, it's so corny. It's so corny. Just just Luda. shades of brown. Luda saying nice things <laughs> that white people love to hear, but they were racist. <laughs> It's just, Crash was the post-racial world that people thought electing Obama was going to be. And that's what bothered me. Right. It was gross. What do you hate more, La La Land or Crash? Okay. Crash. A hundred percent. Yeah. I want to see them combined. Like if Luda (laughs) could have sung and Sandra Bullock could have sung. Like after the crash, they get out on their cars and start dancing yeah twirling yeah. okay i'm a former professional dancer though so like i like my unpopular opinion is that i love lolly and it's a total masterpiece like oh, we're wow. never gonna agree no it's totally this fine is... that's totally fine i think we need to end this podcast yeah, right now. <laughs> like, no, 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 thanks sorry. so much for listening y'all <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know i get it i get it but i do think that it lala land would have been improved by luda like a hundred percent totally yeah. yeah yeah something uh, just <laughs> literally, anything. I hated it on uh, on so many levels. But anyway, that's fair, Jenny. You can uh, bitch about Green Book. We do have to come back once we've watched it. Yeah, are you? No, we don't. Jess, did no, you see don't. Green Book? No, I did not. Okay, what are you bitching about that isn't Green Book? Okay, it's totally different. So I'm bitching about the fact that Beto O'Rourke might run for president, which just drives me Beto O'Rourke. Oh yeah, it just drives me. Tell nuts. me about it. What are your thoughts on Beto? It especially drives. Here, here's my real thoughts. I just said Beto like he's Roberto. Thank you. But it's not. No, it's, it's Beto. It's Beto. That's. Is it Beto? Yes. The way he says it, he's not. How about B two? Can we call him B two? Because you were <laughs> actually okay. Here's my the Beto. B2 here's my... <laughs> the B two movement. Yeah, that's okay. Here's my Beto nickname. Um, so Beto Oruk, B O R. We just call him Boar. You know, just like forever, he's oh, the Boar. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, and he bores me. So I, my feeling about Beto O'Rourke is that I feel like people have Kennedy nostalgia about him, and yeah. it's like his politics are also from 1968, <sighs> and I'm not, I'm not pro that. Like, good hair is like a thing that should 
like, you know, make you excited on a date, but not like for president. <laughs> so I, I really, I like just his entire existence reminds me of like every sort of like mediocre white man that like gets ahead and like now he might be the president. No. And it especially, especially makes me mad in light of Stacey Abrams and how amazing she was. And it's like, listen, if you want to put two people who lost elections together, like give me the woman who started a new organization, is fighting voting rights, is like an amazing, incredible leader over this like throwback white dude like any day. I think that I see I agree with you so hard, but I only know I was there the night that you and and your organization was working very hard to get Stacey Abrams elected governor and most likely was robbed of governorship, was robbed of governorship. But I was there until like, you know, 1145 or whenever it was where she didn't concede and her... Her fucking poise and uh, just kind of off the cuff, like like we, you and it didn't feel democratic. They didn't feel didn't feel like a concession that you would hear from Democrats. It wasn't like you know we all fought fair, and it's like even though she knows no one fought fair. Yeah, correct. Um, so correct. I, I I have I'm biased because I'm like I think Stacey Abrams She's, is an incredible leader and has a huge political future ahead of her. Um, Beto, I or Beto B two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know as much. Like, I've seen the viral videos of him being able to sort of, like, break down racism in America or, like, his thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement pretty succinctly and off the cuff. But, like, I don't don't know his politics enough to know. Like, he's not pushing, like, a Medicare for all. There's not a lot of there. Medicaid expansion. He doesn't really make a lot of big policy statements, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, like, sort of his whole thing is, like, I'm about values and ideals. Me too. Like 100% love values and ideals. Even think that his values and ideals are great. And I... But that shit means nothing without correct. specifics. Correct. And you know what? For a congressman from Texas, like actually A++. I'm like really supportive of that. Please stay in Congress and put your ideals forward. For the president of the United States, I actually care a lot about what your ideas are and what kind of policy you're going to pass, particularly if you're going to be the candidate against Donald Trump like it actually really really matters um I'm bitching similarly you know this is coming out well after the Oscars but fuck the no host thing I think that's bullshit I thought it was boring uh I thought it was flavorless I love celebrities because they're fun to look at and they're talented I guess sometimes and I enjoyed watching them, but I wanted someone to quarterback it. I, I don't yeah. like I Julia Roberts, my least favorite celebrity. Just, <laughs> just below. Wow, what a controversial ScarJo, right? right? Okay, that's fair. Scar, ScarJo and Julia are like in the you know race to the bottom of my of my heart, and I didn't want her to be like, thanks guys, bye. Anyway, everyone's acting isn't it a blah blah like i want these people to be made fun of otherwise it is just fawning because that's all they do to one another is just fawn so it's like you need someone to you need a comic and the fact that you fucking offered it to kevin hart he would not apologize for his homophobic comments and then you're like well guess we can't find anybody else like that is so ridiculous. The thing that was also terrible is that at the very top was Maya Rudolph and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and they were awesome, right? And it very funny, and it was like this was this was the move. Like, yeah, do them. <laughs> I what a tease! What a tease! Yes. Oscars. <laughs> you just bring those three amazing women out who could have been amazing hosts. 
Then you take them away from us. But what is, is, so this is the thing, though, is there's nothing to gain. Like, they might have offered it to Tina Fey and Amy Poehler Yeah, but again. they didn't want to do it. Probably. Right. Because yeah. they're like, you should have called me in the first place, homie. But I do feel like the Oscars is like kind of an award show that's been, like, it's in decline. Well, that's while, what the thing, they're know? like, oh, we want to, like, save it. And it's like all the moves they try to make, it's not going to save it. Yeah, no. like the VH1 Music Awards, definitely greater than... <laughs> Oscar. I mean, ever since Beyonce and Lemonade and the and her performance there, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's just but old I, and they're not yeah, relevant enough. Yeah, exactly. It. It's so like crusty. Yeah, totally kind of. I will. Yeah, we need a different award show. The thing is, like for most people, everything we're talking about with the Oscars, they don't truly care about this. Sure, but like I think what does matter is like Oscars is a place. It's a huge platform, and yes. it's a place to like tell the world about what the hell Hollywood is mm. and to make a statement, like an artistic statement. And it's just a missed opportunity, I think. Okay, another bitch. I don't like Lady, Lady Gaga. No one's going to make me like Lady Gaga. Whoa! I do not like Lady Gaga. You don't like Gaga. it when she hits her money note? I don't. I can't. I, I'm, wow. so, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm never going to hear that song ever again. Roar! <laughs> Listen, it's like, it is, oh geez, that's it like is my favorite bad song. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Come on. Every Francesca. single song, every single song of hers is like, this is so bad. It's so good. Ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like after it's been burned into your brain, like there is a part of my cerebral cortex that's just like, yeah, anyway, that's like me when I have indigestion is exactly that part. Like... And then my poo is singing, I'm in the deep end. <laughs> Watch as I talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, good well, old poo analogies. <laughs> mm, that and more on the Bituation Room. Give us five stars. We're brought to you by Blue Apron, as in I have one in my home. And sometimes <laughs> I use it to, to cook once a month. <laughs> Uh, also by Casper, the friendly ghost, <laughs> who haunts this place that I'm renting. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. The sitch for this episode. Uh, we're talking about workers' rights come 2020. Uh, and pew, pew, pew. the way, yeah, Thank you. The way that, uh, you know, in late stage capitalism, work has been devalued and to the point where you know, we're openly talking about not just like restoring labor rights and strengthening unions, but like full blown, maybe democratic socialism or all the ways that we need to right the wrongs of the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years um, and actually make America great again, etc. I can't believe I even said that. But since we have Jess in the room and she is the political director for the National Domestic Workers Alliance, uh, and there was an awesome article that just came out in the New York Times about the executive director, Ai-jen Poo, who is so inspiring. And as um, someone told me, uh, Guillermina, who's an, a, a member of yours, told me, has like ovarios bien grandes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best description I've ever yeah. heard of wow. So Ai-jen having just big ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it so so seriously she so meant earnestly yeah, like yeah. i don't know how they make ovaries <laughs> so big and have so much but um you know there are two million domestic workers in the united states and growing which mm -hmm. i found really interesting you're talking house cleaners nannies health aid workers and private homes and who are making average less than 13 dollars an hour yep 
Damn. So I want to ask you about your, like, what your movement is about, what the organization is trying to do, and then how that fits into other, like, uh, organizing, worker rights organizing in 2020 and 2019. Yeah. So the National Domestic Workers Alliance um, represents, as you said, 2 million domestic workers around the country. And we are really working to make sure that they get the dignity and respect that they deserve on the job. Um, you know, I think it's actually surprising to people, but domestic workers are left out of basic labor protections. And that includes things like like freedom from sexual harassment, mm-hmm. um, making a living wage, making a minimum wage is a, like a thing we're still trying to figure out. Um, you know, I hear still to this day often stories about domestic workers who haven't gotten paid for 20 years, who have been harassed by multiple employers. Um, my like all time, I'll never forget her story, a woman named Natalicia. She came here when she was 14 years old from Brazil. She was promised to go to school. She also took care of the children. They would teach her English. In Boston, Massachusetts, just mm-hmm. outside of Boston, she lived on a cot outside on what? their porch in Boston. When? What years? Uh, she's like a she's like a probably in her early forties now. So like this was like in the last twenty years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She My God. Yeah. I like I think about that often. Like who are the kind of people who put a woman outside on the cot? In Boston, Massachusetts. But truly, truly, who are they? <laughs> truly, who are they? <laughs> truly, who are they? Like, I would like to meet you. I'd like to talk to you and, like, think about your thought process. Um, so there's, like, so there's so much that needs to be done for these workers. And it, as you said, it's actually really important for us to raise the floor and, like, also, like, you know, crash through the ceiling for these workers because it's the fastest growing workforce in the economy. By 2030, domestic workers in your homes um, will be, you know, a humongous portion of the working class. Why is that? Yeah, so it's something that we call the sandwich generation. So young people are waiting longer to have kids and people are staying alive longer. And so what's happening is that your grandparents and parents need care and then so do your kids need care because now there's nobody to like stay home at two income households or one income households like absolutely need to That's work. why women need to stay at home. Of course, Just I mean, take absolutely. Care of their husbands, parents, absolutely. and solved. their kids. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. This is an argument mm-hmm. for women going back into the homes. Yes. Rush Rush Limbaugh uh, yeah. Ideally, sometimes speaks through me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we advocate for literally all women to be barefoot in homes at all times. Yeah, never but, get out of the kitchen. But what if you got paid like two hundred thousand dollars to stay home? <laughs> oh, happily staying home. I'll be like, may I craft for you? <laughs> yes. What's what's fucked up about that is that if I were paid two hundred thousand dollars to stay home, I might hire someone. So I, could, <laughs> oh, so I wouldn't have to hang with my kids. Yeah, as long as you paid them a living wage, we would support you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so it's growing because, and, and partly it's economic, right? Yeah, it totally is. It absolutely is. So, I mean, what we're finding is that, like, the, the rise of the gig economy, gross. Yes. Yeah. In quotes, in quotes, heavily, just heavily Blech. quoted. Yeah. Um, it's making it so that, uh, there's no such thing anymore or there will not be such thing anymore, you know, and, and this is not in like 50 years. It's in like 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. Um, as like a working class full-time job with benefits, basically a humongous portion of those jobs will become what we will call precarious jobs. Yeah. Um, schedules are not n- like normalized, no benefits, poor wages, probably tipped work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so there's a whole host of workers who are already – you know, kind of on the margins of the economy, really treated poorly, and they will get, believe it or not, be treated worse. So 
like the thing I always think about is that the jobs of the future are poverty wage jobs. Yeah. And that will be a humongous portion of the economy. So this is something that should concern everyone. And that's why we kind of think of ourselves as like the advanced team almost for the labor movement. Mm. We really see what's happening in the future and are trying to get at that right now. Um, be be real with me because yeah. like part of me is like this is – this is this is so difficult because domestic workers are often like work alone. Yep. They don't always. I mean, obviously you you have friends and in your no community, no, it's you know a really people, isolating profession. But it's super isolating. But it, in, but I'm thinking about the gig economy and I think Lyft and Uber and Airbnb and I'm like, well, at least there's not some evil corporation trying to incorporate everybody. No, <laughs> and like I, I now, think that's fair, right? Like, no, no, guys, it's, <laughs> there isn't the like what's his bucket like. Kalanick of <laughs> domestic work. Yeah, yeah. There, I, yeah, I, I don't think that there's... Travis Kalanick, that yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Who's yep. Travis Kalanick? He was the founder of Uber, who's like a total piece of Terrible. shit. Oh, that guy. Um, okay. But yeah. anyway, there's no like grand corporation that's trying to exploit each and every last person who works in a home. It's true. But there are then other... That's where you guys have come in. Yeah, I mean, there are still other problems. Like one thing that's challenging for us is because you're working in people's homes, domestic workers are completely disaggregated as a workforce. Mm -hmm. Many of them are in informal relationships with employers. They probably don't have a contract. And that's fine when everyone's part of the family and it's going really well. When things don't go well, when domestic workers are harassed by their employers, when they never get a day off, when... We truly we hear about wage theft for like 20 years. People who have literally never received a paycheck for almost the entire time they're working for a family. Because why? Common. There's sort of this like, oh, we maybe you get food or is it just literal like housing? Like, just yeah, yeah. I up. do think I do think that the relationship is very unique. Um, providing care is a deeply personal relationship. And you're providing care for your mom, your children, you know. Mm-hmm cleaning your home where you make your life. So I I do think that the relationship between employer and employee is an extremely, um, in many ways, you know, we hear this often, domestic workers are considered part of the family. And I think that's true. And I think domestic workers are very proud of the work that they do and the care that they provide. And it's still a job. It's not a volunteer project. No. It's It's a tough job. You know, like, there's a reason why you pay someone to clean your house. You don't want to clean your house or you don't have time to clean your house because it takes a long time. Um, and ditto, your children, like you care about that relationship with your children. But sometimes you don't want to raise them. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you work long hours. Exactly. So I think that um, it is a unique relationship and it should not be, you need to get paid for it. Sure. You need to have time off. Like, so this is where you guys have come in with the Domestic Workers Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. which is passed in seven, eight states? So we've passed a state Domestic Worker Bill of Rights in eight states, um, and I think we'll get another three this year if everything wow. goes well. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So it means that we have, um, oftentimes, it's different in every state, but established a floor for workers. So things like they deserve time off, believe it or not. Um, Also things like an oversight board, which is really essential because domestic workers are one of the most um, industries, most vulnerable to sexual violence or harassment in the workplace. Mm. And so what do you do when your employer is the person who has sexually harassed you where there's no HR department in the house? So these oversight boards give a domestic worker a place to report complaints, talk about problems. That's humongous. That's a huge victory. That would be wild if there was an HR department in the house, though. Just just like a person in a suit. (laughs) 
in the corner. Just I think it should watching. be like Boss Baby, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Dress the little kid up. Just a weird them. video monitor. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I think about, you know, working, especially in home care, I think about like dirty old white men. Ugh. Who, I mean, Gross. maybe just dirty old men generally, but men get... Or like, not that of, old, just dirty men. Just dirty yeah. men. But like, especially like... You know, it's the sort of like the George Bush senior <laughs> effect of like, I'm in a wheelchair, therefore I can grab your ass because yeah. I can't walk. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's right in my face. And it's in my face. What am I supposed to do? You like, and I, in, in just like ugh, imagining being alone with someone like that. And that's your job. I mean, that's the other thing is that you don't, I mean, uh, I've, I've had babysitters. I don't think they had contract, like regular babysitters when yep. I was younger. Uh-huh. My mom worked. So, didn't go home to like seven and I don't think there was a contract. No. Nope. I think it was just a like, yeah, this is gonna be the Yep. General and hopefully wage they and- pay you on time and sure. Hopefully, you know, they gave you advance notice about your schedule and But I was so cute. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she probably thought that too. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, yeah, right, yeah right. you know. No, she she's kinda weird, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need to dive into that. Yeah. We, we should dive into yeah. that. Also, people domestic workers are like watched. There's like yeah cameras that are put up yeah people watch them and if they're not gosh if you're not like doing everything perfectly you could get fired and i think people kind of don't understand too that like a lot of jobs are starting to mirror where domestic work has always been the roots of domestic work literally go back to slavery domestic workers were excluded from labor protection specifically so that southern lawmakers would vote for fair labor protections Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to include that with their household help so like that is literally the roots of of why this is the way it is today yeah and what we're seeing is that traditionally kind of like white collar professions are also moving into that i think about the parallels between journalists and people in the entertainment industry (laughs) (laughs) are you you, you gonna start making me cry i feel i do i I, very triggered i think about journalists a lot particularly like the sort of like the way freelance journalists are some of the stories that those people tell me almost exactly mirror the stories that domestic workers tell me and i i i do we really do take pride in kind of recognizing what is happening in the future of work mm-hmm. and also realizing that by the time we get to the future, like it'll be done. It'll be decided. Right. So if we don't want billionaires, giant tech corporate overlords, or even just people of privilege who've not thought about that this relationship in your home is is way bigger than you realize we have to do something about it so now we're moving towards a national federal bill of rights yes which would cover all 50 states it's being introduced by senator harris in the senate mm. and representative jayapal um, in the house and we love jayapal oh my gosh she's amazing and that would actually really change things for our workers but it would also you know, be a signal of how we should treat workers in precarious positions. If it passes, could we ultimately, like, let's say you hire someone to work in your home or uh, clean or whatever, and you go to your the website of, like, National Labor Relations Board or something and download, like, a contract or some kind of form yeah. and be like, here's the legal, like, here's what you have to pay yeah. and here whatever and download it and sign it. So even though it's sort of like yeah. an, still an interpersonal relationship, yeah. Yeah. you have like a standard to work off of? Absolutely, exactly. It would set standards all across easy. the industry. A thing that, I, that really, really struck me, I just heard about this last week. So 
um, domestic work is also the profession most likely to be human trafficked. Mm. And so we work closely with the human trafficking, um, you know, agencies. There isn't like an agency, but the people who oversee making sure that there's no human trafficking or lessening human trafficking. And their hotline number is like very important. That's like how a lot of people report that they are being human trafficked or ask or find out by asking questions. One of the number one questions they ask is basically about domestic work jobs. And yeah. And so I I really, that like stays with me that. What do you mean they ask about domestic work jobs? They're calling to basically ask about their job as a domestic worker and ask about things like. Like, is this Is it okay? Exactly. What rights do they have? Yes. Is it okay that I came here like this? Like, they haven't paid me in a very long time. Like, is that a normal thing? Yeah. Because it's not like. You know, it's not like there's a job advertisement for domestic workers that then they're, you know, like they were brought here forcibly yeah. usually. So um, in, so in cases, some ways it would like, I'm like the evil corporate overlord, you don't want that. But in other ways, it's like professionalizing yeah, the work, I mean, this right. workforce Absolutely. is not a bad thing. You don't no. want it to hang in this gig economy balance, but it needs to be professionalized. Yeah, I think that like, you know, the government can be a force for good is part of what we're saying with this bill. And I think that providing a opportunity for the relationship to stay the same, which is that you sh- if you need help in your house, you should be able to hire that help. Domestic workers do great jobs, most of them. And they also like, you know, benefit from a flexible schedule, but you let's make it so that you can't cancel at the very, very end, sure. right? Or you can't like, even cancel a fucking hair appointment <laughs> within without forty eight hours notice. Or like, I even had a therapist that was forty eight hours. I was like, bitch, you're actually adding to my mental illness right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, I, I think that a, a, a basic form of regulation that protects employees but also employers is really Mm, important you this it's such a fascinating um movement and Mm -hmm. the base that you work with is so Mm -hmm. inspiring because it truly is at the nexus of three different um movements and uh, for justice right of workers rights of women's rights and then of immigrant rights and i know you've worked with uh families belong together that campaign (laughs) and all of those and it really makes me think about you know we talk about intersectionality in kind of this like very um wrong nebulous nebulous and wrong way and and i think that yeah exactly thank you it's wrong actually i should have ranted at that at the top like (laughs) the way that people talk about intersectionality now is like oh my god you know dr crenshaw is like very much still alive and well the (laughs) founder of intersectionality and i want to be like i'm so sorry like (laughs) this beautiful incredible idea and movement that you created is just bastardized in the worst possible way but it's true. We do live at those intersections and that is intentional because we really do understand that our workers need to be able to bring their whole selves and we need to fix the challenges that come along with all of those identities, the problems that have been created by the way people treat those I've been identities. railing a lot against liberal feminists for the last few months. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, yeah, and you know, like I... <laughs> and for me, I think that the, the not understanding and problematizing like economic justice... Exactly. In a way, and racial justice, but I, I think that, I think so often it's sort of like we, we take two along and we leave the third out, you know, or we take yeah. one and we leave the rest. And especially when you, you know, you think about how domestic workers are enabling women to professional, other in other professions to actually, yeah, raise kids, be able to have a family, but they're relying on 
women of color and immigrants and often undocumented people like that shit is so deep and so like intense to and especially women who also have their own families and um and it, again especially maybe i'm just like my like you know mid-30s ovaries uh, are like as I question about whether I want to have my own family, like, well, bien what the grandes. Bien, bien grandes. <laughs> bien grandes. Yeah. Bien grandes y bien confusos. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next segment. Uh, our targeted character assassination for this moment is someone who maybe lacks a little bit of that bold vision. She's been around so, oh, so man. long. Uh, she has become the skeleton in her own closet. Yeah. <laughs> How old she is, uh, oh, all man. due respect, to Dianne Feinstein, oh, a senator from California who was recently attacked by children. Uh, how dare they? How dare they? <laughs> who want to live. <laughs> who want to live. Um, and so she was approached by the Sunrise Movement who organized uh, a group of kids from like 8 to 15, it seemed, um, with literal just hand-drawn written out why so they support amazing. why they support the new green uh the green new deal right which is uh introduced by alexandria ocasio-cortez and senator markley um representative and, put some respect on her name yes representative <laughs> there you go thank you i need to be better at that representative aoc can i shorten yes, yes. <laughs> and and so and it, you know, it is very bold. It's like in 10 years, okay. we need to reverse climate change uh, or, or have a zero emissions in 10 years. And I just want to play you a moment from this, this moment that Diane, Diane Feinstein was, Senator Diane Feinstein was approached by these children um, and just get your read on it. Sunrise Movement put out their own edited version of this like 15 minute video that sort of was like the best of the worst uh, moments. And then, you know, you see other articles that are like, watch the full thing. Diane, you know, actually was or the senator was very respectful. Here's just a snippet that I think captures both both aspects of that. Uh, we are trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Please. OK, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal piece of legislation. Why don't you call back, see if they can fax one out. It's actually we'll brown, for each but well, we're okay. we're it's not new. Well, there are reasons why I can't, because there's no way to pay for it. Yes, there is. Well, we have tons of money going to the military. Half of our, a lot of our is going to the military. Well, I, boo, boo, boo. I understand that. The United <laughs> States government does a lot of things with that the money. That kid for senator. And right? they're important things. And you just can't go in and say, okay, we're going to take hundreds of millions from here and hundreds of millions from there. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. That is exactly how it works. Literally. That's like a literal perfect distillation of the process. That's part of it. And we have done our, can you get a copy of the resolution? (laughs) They're getting it. I like how she's like, these kids will be fixed if I hand them 50 pages of my resolution. Take a look at it. And if you've got a problem with it, you can let me know. But I think it has a much better chance of passing than what this is because there is no way to pay for what it gets done so nothing will happen 
So you you be the judge. You take a look at it. We're gonna. But get we have you come coffee. to a point where our earth is dying, literally, and it is gonna be a pricey and ambitious plan that is needed to deal with the magnitude of that issue. And so we're here asking you to vote yes on the resolution for the Green New Deal because that is the only that resolution that is will not pass <laughs> the Senate. And you can take that back to whoever sent you here Why and tell her because it doesn't have a single Republican vote and the Republicans control the United States Senate. That last voice was like a f probably 14 year old. Um, they're, they're just so cute. Other things that were said in this entire exchange was uh, the senator said, well, you didn't vote for me. And also, why don't you run for Senate? Uh, to which a uh, child responds, it's going to be too late by the time I can run for Yo. Senate. Which is just like, lower the running age, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, lower the voting age to 11. It sounded like there was a toddler babbling the whole time. <laughs> I know. Just Reduce like, it to green, three. Green deal. Green Yeah. That would have been amazing if that, that babbling toddler in the back all of a sudden just like chimed in and was just like... <laughs> Nah, bitch. <laughs> this is how budget appropriation works. <laughs> what are your like general reactions to to that video? I feel like it is a very bad instinct for an elected official to be confronted by their constituents and to want to like legislative explain to them it's like i don't know what's like the equivalent of like mansplaining about legislation like that's what she did sure. it's just like that's literally your that's like very bad job like just <laughs> the basics of your job so rather than official like, are like one listen to constituents sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's that's right like it's a literal basics that so that is very troubling and i do a lot of actually with families belong together we do a lot of work with children and activists, like literal children activists. And like I have almost never had a response like that from an elected official mm. when they're confronted with a child because they have like basic survival instincts. Mm. And so like regardless- These kids are going to eat me alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lord of the flies up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of their like feelings about any type of legislation they they greet children with this is a chance to educate this is a chance to engage this is a good like let me just be cross about it like this is just a good photo op mm -hmm. right like so it, i i am troubled that the senator of her own volition or advice from her staff got that response like fire your staff or like maybe take a break and like because you could have, she could have easily been like, "I hear you, thank oh. you, goodbye." Yeah. Or right, so, yeah. Or like, tell me why you support the Green New Deal. Mm. Like that. That is the the like. Just as a person who has worked and will work <laughs> for candidates in the future, I would have been like, "Ma'am, you're going to meet with the kids today. Yeah, they're going to talk to you about the Green New Deal." And like, you don't. Just, I think this was more of a surprise visit, but yes. But also, it's like not how it works. Yeah. Like truly, it's just like the, the inner workings of Congress. Like yeah. a member level meeting where a member and their constituents interact is almost always planned. Sure. Almost always. Yeah. So she knew, even if she just had the five minutes before she saw those kids, right. that she was going to have to talk to them. And she had a staffer presumably say they're from the Sunnies Agreement. They're about the Green New Deal. Here's what you should say. Either she just completely disregarded good advice or somebody gave her bad advice like either way whoa. 
Yeah. Not the right response. She just came off as defensive. Yeah. For no reason. And for no reason. Yeah. It's not a threat. These children in yeah. that moment. Just hear them out. Peace you know, out. She, I think this is what's really interesting, though. I see the way she's responded. And I also see the way Pelosi has responded. And these are, you know, California Democrats who've been around for a very long time. So long. The way they respond to protest is incredibly negative. And yeah, it's that's very a good point. like that's a good point. It's very like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. I'm I gave you life. I'm yeah. the reason you're even here. And like I think we have a little bit, I mean, and because they're women, which is is great and we want to support them, but like they also have been holding on to power for a really long time. A couple things one, the only time I had interactions with Diane Feinstein, I actually didn't have an interaction. I was waiting outside of her office with um, organizers who uh, basically tried to, are trying to shut down the School of the Americas Watch, or the School of the Americas uh-huh. are part of School of the Americas Watch, and they wanted to talk to yeah. Feinstein about, you know, support for uh, military support for Central American, like, paramilitaries and uh, torture tactics that are taught from our military to theirs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. We're waiting out there. Not a bum rush, not a whatever. Then this old the, the, these two people are waiting outside of the office. I'm like, who who are these guys? And they look like security. And there's a little rascal, you know, like a motorized uh, wheelchair there. Mm. And I'm like, well, okay, what's that for? And this old man comes out and gets onto the rascal, and they go away. And my producer, the woman I was working with, goes, "That's Sheldon Adelson. Yeah. That's fucking Sheldon Adelson. You know, this is. It's funny that you thought they were security. Literally by your description, I was like, oh, lobbyists. Yeah. Right. Or like some equivalent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, this is a casino magnet. Yes. Incredible Zionist, like oh. super big rate. Uber conservative. Uber conservative, oh. pro military, like Sheldon Adelson, um, who get clearly gets these meetings with Feinstein. It's just not Speaking a good look. Speaking of our corporate overlords. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but like that little kid saying like the money for the military, it's there. And she was about to sort of say like every half of our dollar, and I think she meant, which is we know half of our tax dollars essentially go to military spending of now and or of before um and it's just like yeah even this little kid fucking gets it i will say that the plan i was like what's this plan that feinstein has maybe it's maybe it's more realistic and there's like part of me that's like let's look at the plan so apparently the plan is greenhouse gas emissions will are eliminated by 2050 which is 20 years later than what the green new deal says it should be um which is Right, 2030, like, even, which is exactly, we have 12 years as per UN climate scientists to get to zero. Otherwise, the effects will be, we cannot turn this around. But even that, like, she is a climate change advocate. Feinstein? <laughs> yes. She wants to try to do so- something about yeah. climate change. Right instincts. Why, when confronted with people who are also climate change advocates, would that your response like i just I'm but isn't, so is she, isn't she right is is she wrong about like that's not how you do things we can't pass it or do you feel like we should sort of behave the way the right wing does which is yeah. like let me let me like actually offer some somewhat controversial opinions here. yeah so i am i am somewhat skeptical of the green new deal proposal not because it's not incredible or amazing but because it's pretty thin like mm. just it, it, it is pretty thin and Representative Ocasio-Cortez is a fucking genius because she has tons of people already on. She's been in Congress for like three months. Yeah. And she's already that's has signature nothing. legislation yeah, that's, that's like moving forward mm-hmm. with people. And it, it it's not like last week is when the like 
big proposal came out and it's still I mean it's still pretty thin like just to be totally honest so like you do you girl you master genius like keep fucking going and like you'll fill it in at the end like that's great so I'm supportive of what she's trying to do it's obviously needed and it's incredibly urgent it is incredibly urgent and there is some truth into what Senator Feinstein's saying of like it won't pass the Senate that that is true if that is her argument around legislation then like pack up and go home like a lot of democratic proposals aren't going to pass the senate and that doesn't mean you're not going to try to move them because right. anything that is passing the house sets precedence for it to pass again and then for it potentially and also welcome to democracy where you have to convince people so try to fucking convince some republicans oh, be a leader yes do some fucking work exercise some <laughs> leadership that we're, if we're already starting like can we if we're already starting from a like well we can't rein in greenhouse gas emissions to zero until 2050 or already starting with like carbon tax also ideas a pull between zero emissions and stopping them from 2050 and like even right. if they sort of each of them came like slightly more right if that we would could be agree to like die a little bit later, later. five years later you know, that'd be, and that's what I think is like, it, you look at the ACA, you know, monumental legislation, but it's like, it was by the time got it got passed, even though it barely, it had to get passed by whatever the fuck, you know, flubbing of the, and changing of the, you know, house rules. Sure. Um, or Senate rules. I can't remember. But anyway, the point is, is that like, it still was sort of toothless when it didn't have the single payer option. Yeah. Um, wasn't nearly the bold progressive proposal that it was. So I don't. I don't know how to feel, but I just feel like yeah, anything I mean, I that's getting twelve-year-olds to like go thank to the, you to go to the streets, like that's something worth fighting for. You At need, a minimum, and that's what I feel like the ACA lacked was that once it started getting pummeled, and I think you started seeing it more when Trump was elected. But once it started getting pummeled under Obama, there wasn't a lot of like grassroots street kind of like def- like we need to save this healthcare plan because i think activists knew and i think a lot of people progressives knew that it it, it kind of was a, a handout to the private and uh yeah. healthcare industry anyway yeah so it didn't galvanize people in the way that i think you know you lost that support you lost that sort of more grassroots support so that's why i'm you know i don't want that to happen again <laughs> can i also just make a note here the Sunrise Movement, I'm sure, is amazing, and it sounds like a really good cause, but the name <laughs> is sunrise. a little weird. Like, the Sunrise sounds Movement like the- sounds like it's going to be covered in a Hulu documentary for a cult that goes wrong. That is <laughs> what I, I want the sun to rise. It's so clear. I thought it sounded <laughs> it's- like this type of cereal that Diane Feinstein eats. is like, I eat my Sunrise every morning. And it gives me good movement. It's I got- love the Sunrise <laughs> Movement. <laughs> I love you, Sunrise Movement. <laughs> we got to move into our final segment of the Bituation Room, which is our game, Sext, Elect, Overthrow. It's like marry, fuck, kill. You decide who you would send risque messages to, um, a la Wiener. Um, what's his name? Anthony Wiener. Thank you. Yep. Um, Anthony Wiener. Uh, who you would swear into office, who you want to see in power, and who you would swear off forever. So the three people I chose, the addition is um, uh, Ride or Die Women for the Horsemen of Death, Karen Pence, as in Mike Pence's wife, uh-huh. Melania Trump, or Elaine Chow, who is uh-huh. Mitch McConnell's wife and the head of the T- Transportation Authority. And former Secretary of Labor. And former Secretary of Labor. Under Bush. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Who wants she, to go so first? What are the three? Okay, so it's um, sext, elect, elect, overthrow, overthrow. Mm. Oh, this is hard. So hard. Okay, I got it. I got it. Mm. I would sext Karen Pence because she is mother and probably highly undersexed. For sure. I would overthrow. I would overthrow Melania. Agreed. And then, just on the Christmas decorations alone. Exactly. And then the, the, the least of the evils is to elect Elaine Chow. Wow. She's already been elected. I know. Therefore, it's the least of the evils. Actually, she's never been elected. She's always been appointed. appointed which I think is an important thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you the, would elect her to what? President? No. I would elect but her. But that would mean that we'd have the first, the first man in office would be Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and then he would do like the Christmas you guys decorations. And I like physically record. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I just not think funny. First man, Mitch McConnell, like he'd have to go to a bunch of like pancake breakfasts and, um, you know, I feel like his cause would, would be like the, the turtles because he like, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's his people. Like he, he just looks like a turtle. Right. He would save the turtles. He, he would what would he do turtles. with which the organic Which is really about garden. saving himself, which is very on brand. He would brag. He would brag about knowing about Asian food because his wife is Asian. True. You know what I mean? He would take like a, it would be like a Facebook live moment where he would just be like fucking up Michelle Obama's community garden. Oh, like, yeah. So bad. Like taking it out. I think he would just piss on it. With all of his patriarchy and racism. Yeah. No, Definitely. My God. And I just want to pollute Karen Pence's mind. Oh, definitely. You know? What do you think you would sex her? Oh, everything. Mm. Links to tawdry pornography. Ooh. You know, photoshopped deep fake videos of her husband (laughs) doing it with another man. You know what I mean? Just (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) She'd be turned on. Maybe right? it would really spice up their sex life. I wouldn't want it to backfire and to be like now they have now they have more happiness. But maybe if they had more joy, they we would feel less pain. I feel like Karen Pence wears a nursing bra and Mike Pence suckles from it. For sure. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, cuz it's he's mother. he's mom. Yeah, she's mother. Yeah. Jess? Okay, I wish that like you could see my face right now cuz like since we talked about this, I've been in deep thought. Like I feel like this is like a like a moral dilemma, like prisoners. <laughs> what's that? The prisoner's dilemma kind of thing. Okay. All right. No one's going to die from this. I know. I know. Thank God. Okay. Here's where I'm landing. I am landing on sexed Elaine Chow. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Marry, or sorry, elect Melania Trump and overthrow Karen Pence. Wow. Whoa. Why so much Karen Pence hate? Because I think that the white super conservative white women are among the most dangerous people in america and i would be so like i do think that like a lot of those women sort of like hide behind this like family values like i take care of the kids like i'm a helpmate for my husband and actually they're like literally the perpetuators of the racism and patriarchy and and all that's like you're right. All and of it that exists. Like, and Melania, the ones who are putting inside. Melania's she like doesn't not even doing care. that. She exactly. doesn't even try to put on that ruse. Exactly. She's just like, bitch, I am here and I want to look beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> and she's she like, don't, don't bully. And like, I don't know. I do not agree with Melania Trump about basically anything. But like, yeah, okay. I, I too would like there to be no bullies. You're like, right. She's a little bit harmless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I like, I actually am not one of those people who doesn't think that she doesn't have agency. Like, Melania Trump has agency. Like, she's a person, a human in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the level of destruction that she would put out is much lower. And Elaine, I just feel like, honestly, she, like, for sure 
well you don't know how she yo, likes her, her gobble though. Her and Mitch. Or the, yeah, like she, that neck meat. That neck meat can do some good, good loving. It's not the size; it's how you use it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you're physically recoiling. Uh, what is so like? I know that, um, but like just to be Ted clear, Cruz, a woman yeah. of color yeah. who's been Secretary of Labor and now it's Commerce, right? Is that what she is? I think she's Commerce. I thought it was transportation. I think it's it's transportation. transportation. Okay, who? also is married to one of the like worst republicans that maybe there ever was like she is so complicit in this entire like oh, for you're sure. making like they're just all as enablers a woman, yeah like as a woman of color who like has to confront these choices like every time i'm like hell no like keep it not today satan not in this lifetime satan she was like yes <laughs> I'm on all levels. It's on all levels. Yeah, yes. policy. She yes. probably gives him a hand job just to relieve his stress. Oh, I don't, he doesn't deserve it. Ha, ha. Um, I I would flip the flip yeah. who you're gonna overthrow and who you're gonna sex. Tell me, but I do believe you have to elect Melania because she is <laughs> she. Truer words were I never spoken. I don't like Christmas anyway. <laughs> I don't like cheer anyway. So just lean into the devil worship around Jesus's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I love that. But I also think, I actually think she'd be good on immigration. I think she oh, really? would, she might pull a little bit of a Schwarzenegger where he was like, kind of was a little bit more to the left or to the center Hashtag, than people thought. I am an immigrant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, but like, I think she'd be, she'd be better on immigration. I think she'd be good on the anti-bullying stuff. I, I think she's way smarter than we give her credit for. Also though, like fuck her forever. Um, but Karen Pence, you got a sext. Agree with Johnny. sext. She needs. That seems like a fool's errand. You know what I mean? Like she, I just can't imagine that she, like every time you send her like that tawdry porn, she would like send you a Bible verse back. Uh, that doesn't affect me. Uh, that doesn't disturb me. <laughs> no, I grew up around evangelical Christians. <laughs> I am immune. Same. No, but you know, you're right. You're making me think we have to elect Melania and, and overthrow But Elaine, Elaine Chow for me as the she three has enablers of yes, this. You're right. She, I don't think she has any kind of repent no. in her. There's no overthrow. repent. Overthrow. I, I, and, and again, as an Asian woman, as a woman of color, like I think I was like, I need you. And be, uh, we're holding her to a different standard, but I need you to do better. Yeah. And uh, and I think yeah. you are like I have a lot of like right wing Chinese relatives in my family, so mm-hmm. I'm like I kind of know your kind, and I know the way you think, and I know how like horribly calculating and also kind of fucked up and racist you can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asians can be the most racist. Um, and I'll just say overthrow Elaine. But I need to You've think about me. You've yeah? moved me to your <laughs> position. Yeah. Well. Now we just have to think about what to sext Karen. I already figured it out. Two girls, one cop. Tadri. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, Twelve organizations, one cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the Vituation Room. Thank you guys so much for being on. Yay. Thank you. This Jess so Morales Roqueto. What, what should we know? But what do you have coming up? Um. Well support the National Domestic Worker Bill of Rights. And also, if you employ a housekeeper, um, you can go to myalia.org. Um, we just My launched myalia, A-L-I-A.org. Okay. We just launched a new portable benefits platform. So Ooh. you can pay into um, a benefits pool that allows them to have 
um, you know, sick days or healthcare. Um, it's is that amazing. a statewide or federal or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in California and New York, can stand up right comedians pay in and uh, I get mean, benefits? <laughs> exactly. We just we just launched, but like, who knows? I'm. I mean, uh-huh. who knows? This is why I'm. This this. I'm telling you, we're the advanced team. Yeah. I, I, we definitely need that. Don't even get me started on the benefits that uh, comics need um, <laughs> beyond drink tickets. <laughs> yeah. That is not there. Thank you, though. I'm trying to quit drinking so much. Uh, Jenny, what about you? What do you have coming up? Um, I'm just going to be doing a lot of shows locally. Yeah. Uh, How can we follow you? JennyYang.tv, J-E-N-N-Y-Y-A-N-G.tv, or at uh, Jenny Yang TV on Twitter or Instagram. She gives such good Twitter. I try. Yeah, you give good Twitter. Oh, you, give good Twitter. you give good Tell Instagram too. Tell me more. I like I like Instagram. If you like um yolk, like as in egg yolk. I like to change it up. A little yolk porn. <laughs> a little yolk, a little like um a little glamour a little shot. Thirst, yeah, thirst, thirst trap. trap. <laughs> Lots of thirst traps. You know. Very cute. Uh, love love Jenny online. Love her in person too. You guys stop. <laughs> All right, I've been Francesca Fiorentini. You guys make sure to review this podcast on iTunes. Do it right now. Do it. And remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye bye.